Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. We have the core value uh, series that we're going through. Last week, we talked about honor everyone. Say honor everyone. And that's not a cute saying. I need you to understand that that is a core belief. It's core for us, okay? And we talked about how we define the terms honoring everyone. And to honor everyone in this house and biblically means to properly assign value to every kind of person. To properly assign value to every kind of person. We talked about how people's value in our eyes and in the kingdom has nothing to do with their behavior and has everything to do with their worth in God. And so we, we explained some ways to do it. We said honor is not blind. It doesn't ignore people's faults. It just looks beyond them and truly discerns their destiny, right? And it deals with the root beliefs of people instead of focusing on the outer behaviors. That's what honor is. Daniel did it. It's so good. If you didn't listen or you weren't here, please watch the podcast or listen to the podcast. You can't watch it. You can watch your phone play the podcast, but it's an audio only. Um, so you can get that on iTunes or on our website or whatever. Uh, and so today I want to jump into the second core value, okay? And we're going to be a little shorter today so we have time to visit all the tables and all that stuff. We're still going to get out at the same time with the ministry fair included. Isn't that nice? Hallelujah. Because we honor everyone's time. <laughs> Isn't that refreshing? <laughs> and hey, if you need to leave right now, you're not less spiritual for going. See you later. I love you. Awesome. Listen. Empower everyone means to place power inside of every person, <laughs> to put power inside of them, all right? It's not just giving them tools. It's putting power inside, okay? And Jesus actually empowered everyone. Jesus empowered everyone. Fishermen, these guys who couldn't read, he empowered them to preach the gospel. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. Tax collectors, the thieves, the occupiers, the ones who were actually Jewish but working for the occupiers and taking their family members' money, Jesus said, hey, you, follow me. I'm going to put some power inside of you. <laughs> he empowered former lepers. He empowered formerly demon-possessed people. And quickly, there's actually one time in the Bible where a guy gets delivered of demons. It's the one where he says, you know, uh, we are called legion because we are many. You remember that? And he sends them into the pigs, first instance of deviled ham, you know. And so, <laughs> no, Dave? You didn't like, okay. Come on. He's like, <laughs> he sends them into the pigs, and then this guy gets delivered, sat, clothed in his right mind. He had just come out of a cave where he's chained and cutting himself and breaking things. And Jesus immediately sends him out to preach. No ministry training, Nothing. He sends him into the Decapolis, which is the, like the convergence of these five major cities. He goes into the main hub of culture and says, go tell them everything. Well, tell them what? I haven't had it. I didn't go to Bible school. Uh, I haven't even been to church yet. I just got in clothes. I just got clothes off for the first time in years. <laughs> Jesus said, Jesus empowered that guy. <laughs> he empowered everyone. Jesus empowered women. Come on, somebody. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. It was actually against common practice for women to even speak to a rabbi, much less be taught by them. And he said to Mary, he said to Marsha, you know, Marsha, Martha. Ha, that was funny. Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> 
Mary has chosen the better thing. It will not be taken from her. She's learning at my feet. Wait a minute. Don't you know that's illegal, Jesus? He said, yes, I know it's illegal. <laughs> Jesus did a lot of illegal things in the name of empowering everyone. Yes. He empowered those caught in adultery. He said to the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. Now, you need to understand, when God gives a command, he also carries the grace to carry it out. He delivers you the ability to do what he commands you to do. God is so kind that he gives you an, a, a thing to obey and gives you all the power you need to obey it and joyfully. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's some real awesome leadership, you know. It's like when I, you know, am with hev in heaven with Jesus and all that stuff and I can physically touch him, I'm going to give him a high five for that. I'm like, you're so cool, man. You, you don't just tell us to do stuff. You give us the power to do it when you tell us to do it. So when he said, go and sin no more, I believe she had the power to go and sin no more. Because when he speaks, he creates. That's pre-resurrection. What's your excuse? Ha. Jesus even empowered the Pharisees, like Nicodemus, the ones who wanted to be empowered. It actually says in the book of Acts that many Pharisees actually followed and became a part of the fellowship of the believers. Come on, we think the Pharisees were like just fried and cooked and like, nope, God doesn't want to. No, they were invited in. And Jesus had to speak harshly with them for sure. But Nicodemus comes to him at night, right? You remember this? Nick at night, yeah? And so, man, I'm full of the church dad jokes today. I just, these are not in my notes. They're just <laughs> popping off my tongue. This, I'm just proving to you I, I grew up in church. That's all I'm proving to you. <laughs> and he actually answers his question and gives him the ability to believe. He actually says, if you'd be born again, you know. Anyway, so the word empower defined by the dictionary means to give someone the authority or power to do something. To put power inside of you. It also means to make someone stronger and more confident especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. So when we say empower everyone, we want to make you stronger and more confident by way of controlling your life and in a godly measure. That's what we want, okay? So I'm going to turn, we're going to go to Titus chapter 2. Um, I love the book of Titus. I love the, uh, I love something in it very much. The grace of God is clearly seen in the book of Titus. We're going to have it on the screens for you, but I want to do quickly just a little walkthrough of the context uh, this is a letter written to uh, one of Paul's dear, you know, sons in the Lord. He calls him his true child in the common faith, right? And he talks through some of the qualifications for ed elders with him. He talks about them being above reproach. He talks about how there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers. And the, he, he says, hey, you know, these people you need to correct and you need to rebuke them. He also says in verse 15 of chapter 1, he says, to the pure, all things are pure. That's a wild statement. To the pure, all things are pure. Meaning if you have eyes to see, you'll see the pure version of every perversion. A lot of the church is shouting about perversion instead of looking for the pure version. Because the devil can't create. He can only pervert. And so we, instead of freaking out about the perversion all around us, we should go, man, there's a pure version. And often I've found, this is just me, Caleb's observation, i found that those shouting the loudest about Perversion are actually called to the pure version and aren't living up to it. And they're relinquishing their call in a fight for justice. Now, I'm not saying standing up for things is wrong. I'm saying 
that you need to not just shout about the wrong thing. We will not be known for what we're standing against, but we'll be known for our love. Meaning we'll see the pure version and call out the gold, okay? This is, I'm trying to empower you right now through teaching. That's how it works. Okay, so he goes through all that. He says, it's pure, all things are pure. And then um, he says in chapter 2, you know, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be so reminded, dignified, self-control. He gives some some just life guidelines. This is life stuff, you know. Like, hey, if you're an older man, you need to you need to act like it. Quit acting like a boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really goes through some major stuff here. Uh, and then he even says to Titus, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. He says, even you, Titus, you need to show and model these things. Are you following me? I love context because it gives, you know, a lot of times the church does this thing I call loaf licking where they take a verse and they just lick and they put it back, right, just one verse. They don't eat the scroll. They don't take partake of the bread of life that is the word of God because they take it way out of context and just go, here's my daily bread. I'm not against your verse of the day thing, but if it doesn't invite you to more hunger, then you ain't eating right. I don't know about you, but I get an appetizer, I still got to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like it, okay. So, in an effort to not do that, loaf looking, we want to be scroll munchers. He told John, eat the scroll, right? Eat the scroll that I give you. I'm giving you some context. But verse, starting in verse 11 of chapter 2, we have it on the screens for you. It defines for us actually what grace is. And I'm using this because this is our, our real understanding of what grace is, what it does. And grace actually empowers you to live godly. Did you hear that I said? Grace empowers you to live godly. There are lots of colloquialisms and things we say that are just absolutely non-biblical. Like, there's grace for that. Huh. No. There's mercy for that because there's a mistake that's been made. So mercy comes into play. I'll have mercy. I will not give you what you deserve. When you say there's grace for that, you're saying, you're often saying that, you know, I'll cover that with grace. That's not what grace does. Grace trains you. Grace empowers you out of it. So mercy is for your mistakes. Grace is for your godliness. Come on. If you were operating in grace, you would have never done the mistake. Are you following me? That's what the Bible says. It's this what I'm about to read you. So say it with you. Mercy, say it with me. Mercy is for my mistakes. Grace is for godliness. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The grace of God, this is point number one. The grace of God empowers you to be godlike. In the garden, they were godlike and very good. And you've been given something even greater than the garden. You've been given a covenant in his flesh, in his body. A high price was paid, okay? Come on. So I used to say we've been taken back to the garden. It's better than the garden. It's, it is another level, okay? And even in the garden, they were commissioned to govern or, or to have authority on the earth. In the second uh, commissioning, in the uh, great commission that we call it in Matthew 28, Jesus says, I've given you all authority in heaven and on earth. So in the first commissioning, they're to have authority over the earth. And that's where a lot of us, like, that's our ceiling. But in the second, the Great Commission, it says, in all authority in the heavens and the earth. This is a greater, this is greater. This is greater. This is not back to plan A. This is 2.0. This is plan 2.0, right? This is important to understand for us to, to get this because oftentimes, I hope I haven't lost anyone yet. I feel like I'm talking in circles, but I'm going to get to my notes in a second. Oftentimes, we make Paul our ceiling. We make Peter our ceiling. We make Adam our ceiling. But none of them are the exact representation of God. 
So when I say things like honor everyone, people come back and say, well, Paul struck people blind. I know, but Paul isn't the exact representation of God. They say, well, Peter, you know, cursed the, the magician. I don't remember his name. Stephen? I don't know. Steve? Stevie? Whoever. Steve-o. The musician. The, not musician. Magician who wanted to buy the Holy Spirit. You remember that in the book of Acts? And he cursed him. And they're like, Peter cursed that guy for being wicked. I'm like, Peter's not the exact representation of God. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 declares that Jesus is the exact representation. I'm going to present myself one more time. One final time to all you people so you know what I'm like. So Jesus Christ, Bill Johnson says, is perfect theology. And that's where I'm going. This is the kind of empowerment, empowering you towards God-likeness. Are you okay? Okay. So I'm going to read the verse finally. Titus 2, 11. Sorry, Mark. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Say hallelujah. It has brought salvation for all people. That's awesome. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness. Say all lawlessness. And to purify for himself a people for his own possession. You're possessed by God. The minute you say yes to Jesus. Where do you think the devil got the idea? It's, it's coming. It's floating through the room. A people for his own possession who are zealous for good works, okay? So listen, when we say empower everyone, we intend to give you the strength to walk in godliness as you pursue the dreams in your heart. So everyone, you know, you have desires, you have passions, things like that. That's great. And in your passion, you need to be godlike. We're not empowering everyone to preach. We're not empowering everyone to work at church. We're not empowering everyone to get in the children's ministry. Come on, somebody. We're not empowering everyone to serve coffee. We're empowering you to go hang drywall if that's what makes your heart leap, but in a godly way living your life. Are you following me? Come on, I hate the idea that um, some purport that, you know, a lot of people don't want to ask God what his will for their life is because he might send them to something like Zambia or something in Africa. Or he might send you to wherever so you're afraid to ask, you know. I don't like that idea because it makes it sound like that's more holy than, than you know, taking the trash out. Thank God for the guy who comes and picks up my trash, man. <laughs> Please let that guy stay at his job. Please don't make him feel like he has to go to Africa because I have to take my own trash at that point. Come on. Hello? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't tell the guy who fixed, he loves to do, he loves plumbing. He loves plumbing. Don't make him feel less holy for being a plumber. Don't do that. I need someone to fix my plumbing, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I can't do that. I can't fix my car. I don't have those skills. Please let the mechanic stay in his shop. Not feeling guilty about, you know, not walking in the highest. Come on. The highest call on your life is to love everyone you meet. That's the highest call of your life. That's the most spiritual thing you can do. That's the most spiritual thing you can do. So when we say empower everyone, I just want to break a couple things. Like we're not talking about you, you come up here and preach in a few years or weeks or whatever. I don't, if, that, if that's what makes your heart leap, yes. If that's what you're passionate towards, yes. But if you're not, please don't act like you are. Be honest. I, I, love, I, love, I love walking dogs. Hallelujah. Walk those dogs, man. <laughs> Preach to those dogs. 
It says, let, preach this gospel to all creation. The dogs are creation. Come on. Be so full of joy that the dog owners go, what is wrong with you, man? You love doing this, don't you? Listen, the devil's worst fear is man fully alive. If you get fully alive in what you're doing, the devil will run from you, man. Run. The grace of God empowers you to be godlike in your realm of whatever. Hallelujah. I had a meeting with a guy this week who's an IT wizard, and he, um, he sees a tech boom coming to Tampa Bay, and he wants to create a team uh, at the resting place about kingdom tech and all this stuff and be like asking God for heavenly solutions for technology and things like that. And he, it was his idea. I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's incredible. I can't be on that team. But go for it, man. I, listen, I'm an Apple user for a reason. I don't know what I'm doing. All right? Come on, somebody. It is user-friendly. Did that hurt your feelings? I'm sorry. It's user-friendly to a fault. Okay? You know? And so he wants to do that. That's what makes his heart leap. And so I'm like, okay, now I think, how do I give this guy an opportunity for that? And how do I support him as he goes? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. So that's point one. And the grace of God empowers you to be godlike. Amen? Say amen. Second point, the empower empowerment is actually the second step of our walk with God. The empowerment is actually the second step of your walk with God. Okay? I'm going to prove it to you. Same verse, Titus 2, 11. It says, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Very next word. And training us. So grace saves you and trains you. Grace trains you to live like God on the earth. That's why I said, you know, when you say there's grace for that, what do you mean there's grace for that? If there were grace for that, they would have looked like God when they did it. Are you feeling me? Are you? Okay. So the second step of your walk with God is empowerment, okay? Salvation is the first step, and empowerment is the second step. I'm going to say something real straight probably once because I don't want to hurt your feelings. I might not look at you. But listen. This is totally true. Many of us never experience any more of the kingdom than salvation because we won't allow the Lord to empower us towards godliness. Many of us step into the kingdom and say, I'm good. I'm saved. I'm not out there. I'm in here. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm staying. Nothing can take me out of his love. Hallelujah. And then God's like, hey, why don't you deal with your um, porn issue? Hey, why don't you deal with your, your driving anger? I'm thinking of, I'm seeing like, you know. Why don't you deal with the fact that you blow up on your kids all the time? And you're like, nah, I'm good. Salvation saved. Come on. Empowerment's the second step. Because the grace of God has appeared training us, right? After bringing salvation, now it trains us. Here's the good news. God is here to empower you with a limitless power. There's nothing that you can't overcome. There's nothing that you don't have power over. Even the disciples in Luke 10, even the disciples were given power over all the power of the enemy. Before Jesus died and resurrected, again, I say, what's your excuse? <laughs> Come on, I'm not perfect. I don't have all of God, you know, expressing in my life. But when God calls me into something, I'm stepping, man. Because I know grace is here to empower me. Are you following me? Are you okay? Did it hurt your feelings? Okay. He might have needed it. Psalms 28 verse 9. 
actually says, we have it on the screens for you, deliver your people, that's salvation. And then guess what the next word is? Empower the nation. Come on, that belongs to you. Care for them like a shepherd and carry them in your arms at all times. Deliver, then empower. You seeing how uh, empowerment is the second step of the kingdom? Yeah? And many of us are even bored with our salvation because we're not responding to God's call to be empowered. And we're just like, oh, church is boring, blah, blah, blah. Well, you haven't done any of the things God asked you to do. And if you take a step, you would see the depths of this thing. It gets broader and broader every time you step. It gets deeper and wider every time you step. Listen, the way into the kingdom, I've said this before, the way into the kingdom is narrow. But once you get in, it's really, really wide. It's really, really high. It's really, really deep. It's vast. It's every, it's, it's just bigger than you can imagine. And every step of empowerment takes us deeper into the realms of the kingdom of God. Are you getting this picture? Every step of empowerment takes you deeper into the realms of righteousness, peace, and joy. You'll actually find joy in obeying God if you'd start. (laughs) You'll actually find peace. You'll actually find righteousness works in your everyday. If you start believing that God gave you everything you needed for life and godliness, 1 Peter, he gave you everything you need for life and godliness. If you start believing that the grace of God empowers you to walk godlike, people will start to notice. People will start to say, hey, what? they'll actually want what you got. Instead of trying begging them to come to church, please come to church. We got this new series. It's called Core. You're going to love it. I don't know why, but come. They'll go, hey, what do you do um, with your life when you leave work? Because every time you come in here, it's like there's, I don't know, there's peace on you, man. I had someone walk up to me recently at the co-work space where I am. And just, I, I had barely had a conversation with this guy ever. He walks up to me, he's like, hey, you don't struggle with, like, anxiety or anything, do you? And I'm like, I took my headphones off. I'm like, what? What a strange thing to say to a stranger. He's like, you don't struggle with depression or anything, do you? And I'm like, uh, my name's Caleb, what? You know what I mean? Like, he's like, I just noticed, man, you, there's no way you struggle with that. I'm like, well, let me be clear. I have anxious moments. I have depressed moments. But they're just moments. <laughs> because I've got the power of God that builds momentum in me through that moment. And I got to tell him, listen, he approached me in public. You don't struggle with depression, do you? Like, what a weird thing to say. I must be carrying peace into that workplace every day. I'm not bragging about myself. I'm just trying to give you an example for on testimony. This stuff, it happens. It works. It's real, okay? And that's what I'm calling you into today. And this is what this core value is all about. So third point, and I'm going quickly because I want, you have plenty of time to talk to our amazing leaders. We are empowered to actually reign as kings in this life. It's not just reigning. It's not just empowered for, to be a servant. You're not empowered just to serve. You're actually empowered to serve as a king priest. You're actually empowered into a royal priesthood. Come on. Look at Romans 5, verse 17 through 18 with me. I have it on the screen for you. It's in the Passion Translation. It says, death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, that's Adam when he fell, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life? Come on, a lot of us are waiting to be kingly in heaven. Find the verse for me. I'll wait. 
It says you're called to be reigning as kings in life. That means financially. That means emotionally. That means spiritually, professionally, personally, all of the alleys. You know what I mean? All of them. You need to be reigning. Someone needs to go, there goes a king, man. A few of you walk in this room, and I feel like kings have entered. I feel like queens have entered. Not that you're not all kings and queens, but some of you actually act like it. (laughs) It's actually coming from the inside out. You know when it says, arise, shine, your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has come upon you. I used to think that was like the glory of the Lord has come from out here upon me. It's not. It's the glory of the Lord has come up and on you. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's not Christ over there, hope of glory. So if the hope of glory is in you, it has to come up from your depths and then on. A lot of you just keeping it down here. You're keeping it shut up. You know, Randy Clark says it this way, that the Holy Spirit is locked up in unbelieving believers. Come on, we need to let the Holy Ghost go. We need to let the Holy Ghost out. All right? So... We're continuing reigning as kings in life through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my little interjection there. And then listen to what it says. Enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all. Listen, perfect righteousness is available to you. I would love to break it to you. You can be perfectly righteous right now. Is that what it says or not? It's not the only place it says it. I'll take you another place in a minute. You can be perfectly righteous. It's like when I say these things, it's like it, when I, it's weird. This thing happens. When it comes and hits me back in the head, I feel like it bounced off of something. You know what I mean? Like not you, like you're not getting it. There's a principality in Tampa Bay. It says you'll be righteous in heaven. I'm declaring to Tampa Bay. I'm declaring to all of you who are the Bay of the Holy Spirit. I'm looking at the Bay of the Holy Spirit. You understand that? I'm looking at the gates of our city. You understand that? Come on. You can be perfectly righteous right now. That's what God's called you to. I'm right about this. We are empowered to be Christ-like right now. 1 John 4, 17 says, By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. Line in the sand, guys. As he is, so also are we in this world. That's a radical statement. I get it. I get it. But the only thing keeping you from it is unbelief. The only thing you can do in the kingdom that's legal, the only work in the kingdom, is believing on him who he has sent. It's John 6, 29. The work of God is to believe in the Son of God who God has sent. As he is, so also are we in this world. That's written by John the Revelator who saw Jesus in heaven, y'all. All right? He, it doesn't say as he was. <laughs> So also are we. Come on. As he is, eyes of fire. Did I just, okay. Eyes of fire. I thought I muted my mic. Hair like wool. Like these are all metaphors for the power of God. The passion of his love seen in his eyes. The purity of his thoughts seen in his hair. His devotion to God. And you have that same capacity. You don't believe me? 
Here's another translation, 1 John 4, 17 in the Passion Translation. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us. And it needs to come up on us. You understand? It's been brought to its full expression in us. It needs to come up on us. And you need to be empowered towards that in relationship. It's full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment. Bring it, man. Judgment day is not a scary thing. That's reward time. That's where I get all my medals. <laughs> it's called the Bema seat. Look it up. Bema seat. B-E-M-A. B-E-H some places. We can fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. In the Amplified Bible, look at this. In Same verse. I love multiple translation. In this union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because as he is, so also are we in this world. Say it with me. As he is, so also are we in this world. I said it last week, but every behavior is rooted in a belief. So if you don't believe that, you won't behave like it. But the opposite is true. If you believe it, you'll start to behave like it. Man, you need to declare that over, his, over your life, especially if you ever sin again, which would be so unlike you. As he is, so also am I in this world. That's not who I am. What I just did is not who I am. That's not my true self. As he is, so also am I. I'm giving you permission to react to your failure that way. Uh Watch what happens. It's about believing. I have to go quickly because I'm almost out of time. But this is our IOS, all right? Our internal operating system as the resting place. We empower people through teams, okay? But this is our IOS. I want to read this to you. We inspire, we give opportunity, and we support. Okay, say it with me. Inspire, opportunity, support. That's our IOS. Are you okay? You got that? So we inspire those around us by believing in them more than they believe in themselves. We impart the grace to accomplish the call in their life by spurring them on to believe they can do anything in partnership with God. Inspiration. We give opportunity. Here's the O. To those we inspire to grow and to go, we give them chances to fly and cheer them on towards taking risks and passionately pursuing God's vision for their life. And then finally, we support. This is the yes. We support those who take these opportunities with resources and backing. If we have it, we give it to see these world changers become everything they're called to be. We recognize that not everyone is to be empowered at the same level, but we will always lovingly confront to the same degree in which we empower. What I mean is, if you get on a team here, you're now a leader of this church, and we're going to confront your lifestyle. You can come and leave. Come and leave. Come to gatherings, whatever. Come to anything you want. I'm not going to confront your lifestyle unless I'm in your life. I'm not going to do it. But you get on my team, I'll say, hey, man, that, that is, that, that's messed up right there, what you're doing. <laughs> you're way too awesome to be acting like that. You're just like Jesus. Why are you acting like the devil? You hearing my posture? You hearing this? Yeah. So I need to give a few testimonies here of team members who have been empowered for their everyday life. And, Jimmy, you can come up just to force me to land this plane right now. How about that? (laughs) He's the closer. Listen, I'll say it again. Our serve teams exist as a safe place of empowerment for your everyday life beyond the task. There's a lot to do here. There's a lot. Oh, my goodness, I totally forgot about the building. Oh, Jesus. I was supposed to tell you at the beginning that we're going to have a a building under contract this week to purchase. (laughs) I forgot. 
We have submitted our down payment for a 45-day due, due diligence period, and we're just waiting for them to sign the paperwork, send it back. We'll be posting a video with the details, but this church is six months old next month, and we're going to buy a building. So that's the Lord. So if you love coming here, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. We're going to get a 24-7 space on seven, uh, just off 75 and 60, actually. So it's pretty awesome. Anyway. Jimmy, seriously, come here so I feel your presence. I need to close this thing down. Come here. So in the last five months, I'm going to read you one, two, three, four, five testimonies from team members who uh, submitted these that they felt they were empowered for their everyday life already on teams at the church. Isn't that cool? Praise God for that. I'm just, I'm so proud of my leaders here, all right? I don't lead any single one of these teams that I'm about to read you that these people got empowered with. I don't lead any of them. I love that, Okay. Here it is, team member from the CEC, that's our Children's Equipping Center. They said, I have been impacted by the kids and being with Heather, that's our leader over there. I'm learning how to listen to the kids and create an atmosphere for them to hear God. It has really helped and encouraged me at home with my own kids. Come on. As well as in the CEC, I'm always excited to hear what the kids tell me about God. Isn't that amazing? Come on. Here's another team member from the CEC. This is a, a younger team member. They said, I'm learning a lot from hearing the kids talk about Jesus. I love, or I enjoy watching them express themselves through drawing. I love how at such a young age, they know so much about the Bible and how they bring their own Bibles. I'm learning things from them, and I'm 16. I love it. Isn't that great? A team member from our prophetic team, this is our director who sent this in. They said, one of my team members has stepped out with words of knowledge, meaning they, had, they knew something they shouldn't have known. They knew something by the unction of the Holy Spirit. And they are hearing from Holy Spirit for strangers, which was something they never did before. Come on. It impacted them as much as, as the person receiving the word. They were both in tears in public, both in tears. Isn't it? Come on. This is so cool. Our, so a team member from our worship team said, from being on this team, I've experienced tremendous freedom in my gift of music. It started by taking a leap of faith and fulfilling my promise of prophetic worship. I am free. I can play or even not play what I feel led to. Then it gave me a platform of expression. It allows me to release anything from my instrument, from any range of emotion to any gift from heaven. Gigi and the resting place have empowered me and given me a safe place to walk towards my calling. This is so good, you know. And last one. This is from our host team, which Jenny Lee's in Virginia. Hi. She's probably watching. By serving at TRP, it's given me the encouragement knowing I'm doing small things that can make big impacts, not just in the four walls of our church, but beyond into the hearts of those in the entire Tampa Bay area. I've loved getting to know the hearts of our people, and I felt empowered through serving to listen closer and press into the Holy Spirit, to take risks with him, and to give words and encouragement to build others up. Did you hear that? I have, I have loved getting to know the hearts of our people, and I've felt empowered through serving to listen close to the Holy Spirit and build others up. I've been empowered through serving. Isn't that amazing? I'm so proud of my team. You all know who you are. I don't have time to, to bring up all the accolades, but this is why we're doing our ministry fair, not to build our, not to pad our teams, blah, 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 which we need more team members because we're about to have a building, and where it's at, I anticipate two, two get services within three months. So we need to double our teams. This is just steward. I'm trying to steward what God's calling us to right now, okay? We've seen something. We've seen something in the spirit, and we're trying to prepare our fields for rain, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, we need more team members, but it's not for you to sign up for a team. I'll reiterate. It's for you to say, hey, I'm interested in this area of service, and I'd like to get to know the people who lead it. The people who lead it will be back there at the table to talk to you.
Amen? Say empower everyone. It's a core value. It's who we are. It's putting power inside of every kind of person. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.